Good morning. My name is Jeff. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Cove. And hi. <laughs> good to see you all this morning. If you're joining us online, we uh, welcome you also. It's good to be here with you. Um, yeah, I just want to extend my welcome to you this morning. It's been a while since I preached, so it's good to be back up here. So yeah. Um, yeah, I have one announcement, though, that I want to make because I promised Cat Beauty that I'd make it, and I didn't get into the announcements earlier. So we are hosting a global 6K with partnership with World Vision uh, next month, in Saturday, May 21st. And so if you would like to be a part of that, we have registration online. You can either go to the World Vision uh, website or check out our last week's what hap- What's Happening newsletter, and you can click the link there. Or you can see Kat Beatty in the Welcome Area. She's wearing an orange World Vision headband. It's just a great opportunity. Every, uh, all the dollars that we raise for the 6K go to help uh, provide clean water for kids in Africa, and specifically for kids in the Congo, which is uh, a ministry of our denomination. And so uh, Covenant Kids Congo, in partnership with World Vision, work together to provide resources there. And so it's just a unique thing that we get to do as a church and as a denomination to help provide clean water for a specific location. And it's fun. You don't need to run. I, I'm not a runner, but last year I did it. It was fun. My, my little daughter, Annika, joined me <laughs> and made me run for a while because she's like, come on, Dad, run. I'm like, I was kind of walking, and it was nice. <laughs> so you could walk, you could stroll or whatever, or bring a friend, uh, take your time. Uh, it's just a great opportunity for community and just uh, uh, for a good cause, too. So just want to make you aware of that. That's, once again, that's Saturday, May 21st. You need to register fairly soon to make that happen, so... Will you guys join me in prayer this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a good and gracious God. We thank you this morning that we get to come and celebrate uh, um, baptisms this morning, people entering into your kingdom. Lord, that's just an amazing, amazing thing. God, as we get into your word this morning, I pray that you would just open up our hearts and minds to your truth and wisdom, that it would take root in our hearts and bear fruit, giving you glory, honor, and praise. And God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Well, this past Wednesday, I had the privilege of going to speak at WILD. WILD is our student ministry that meets every uh, Wednesday at 630 uh, here at church. And it's an awesome time. My shameless plug, if you are in middle school or high school and you're not going, we'd love to have you there. It's a great time. We have snacks. We got games, we got fun people, we got great leaders, it's a good time. And so it was a privilege to speak there last week, and I get to speak there again uh, this upcoming Wednesday as the second part of our talk on community. And in fact, this morning, I wanted to share a little bit about what we've been talking about. Um, So our topic this morning is community. Community has been something that God has really put on my heart this year. As we've entered into 2022, God just had it at the forefront of my mind. He, I can't escape it. He's constantly bringing it up in my devotions, in my conversations, uh, stuff that's happening here in church. And I think part of the reason why he's bringing it up so much is that we need community more than ever, especially after these last two years. The last two years have been hard on us. And one of the reasons it's been so hard is because we've lived in isolation or more isolation than we're used to. And we aren't meant to live alone. We're not meant to do life alone at all. God designed us to be in relationship, not only with him, but with each other. That we need each other. We need each other uh, for our, our mental and physical and spiritual health. This is important. 
It's part of our walk with Jesus, is coming together on Sunday mornings or other opportunities for fellowship, community, breaking bread together, talking about our walk, praying for each other, helping each other in need. I've been reading a lot of studies lately. It's kind of one of the things I like to do. I I see something on the news and I'm like, all right, I'm going to research this. (laughs) I think there's a lot of like guys and gals like me (laughs) who have taken up this hobby in the last couple years. You just want to find out the stuff, you know, where the medical journals are and all this stuff about these things. And one of the one study that I've been reading out is I've been seeing there's a lot, of emotion, a lot of connectedness between emotional health and physical health. That these two are very intertwined in our lives, and oftentimes we keep them fairly separate and compartmentalized. But as studies are going on, we're realizing that there is a big correlation between the two. And I think it's the way God designed us, right? Like God designed us as a system that we, it works together, a social uh, emotional and mental and f- spiritual health are all interwoven together. And one of the studies, uh, and some of these studies that I've read, about how healthy relationships and community are key for life longevity, life satisfaction, and even our physical health. One study I read said that loneliness and social isolation are twice as harmful to the physical and mental health as obesity. And just to give you some understanding, obesity is the second leading cause of preventable death in the world. And so for a study to say that this, that loneliness and social isolation is twice as harmful as obesity to our physical and mental health, that should hopefully raise some red flags and some, okay, I need to pay attention. Community is important for us. So community is something we all need for our mental, physical, and spiritual health. Community is something our church can offer. We as Christians can offer to those around us. Because this need doesn't just, isn't just here in our church. It is, but it's also outside of our church. There's this community of Sumner and Bonnie Lake and Ording, all the people around us. There's people in their homes that desperately need community too. So what does community look like? I did my, once again, did my research, and I typed it in Google, found out some definitions for community. It's what you do these days. I don't even think I own a dictionary anymore. (laughs) A group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common, or the second definition, a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, values, interests, and goals. When I read that definition, I thought, hmm, There's three things that really stick out to me about community. And that is shared interests, which bring us together, common values or attitudes, which hold us together, and goals or mission, which gives us purpose. And I thought, there's a guy that talks a lot about this, that brings a lot of this stuff up. His name's Jesus. (laughs) And another guy named Apostle Paul, he brings this up a lot too, about how we have this shared interest, we have this common interest that brings us all together no matter where our walk has brought us in life up to this point. Whether you're rich or poor, no matter what race you are, no matter what language you speak, no matter what other interests you have, no matter where you live, there's something that draws us together, and that is our faith in Jesus Christ. This is our common interest as a Christian community. 
It brings us together on mornings like this and in Bible studies during the week. It draws us together. People who I might not hang out with you guys <laughs> if I wasn't for being a Christian. There's people, you know, we all have different interests. We, some of us like to golf when we hang out with our golfing buddies or our work buddies. Or I like to disc golf. I hang out with my disc golf buddies. <laughs> we all have different communities that we're a part of. And we all come together because we're Christians, no matter where our walk in life takes us otherwise. But even if you're not a Christian and you're here in this place, your, your uh, desire to understand what Christianity is about or discover more about who Jesus is brings you into a place right here too. Your curiosity brings you to church, brings you into Christian community so you can discover more about what's going on at church and with Christ and this guy named Jesus. The verse that God keeps bringing to my heart which if you've gone to some men's breakfasts or you've been talking with me for a while, you'll hear it because I can't get it out of my head. Um, it's like one of those things, I don't know if God's ever done this with you, but I've had times in my life where I just get asphyxiated on a, a passage of Scripture. And instead of reading other Scriptures, I'm just en enthralled with a section of Scripture. And I feel like God, as I continue to read it, God teaches me more and more about the Scripture, but also about my life, that I become more... Uh, purified and more understanding of what God is trying to convey through this section of Scripture. And this passage has been on my heart for a while, so I would like to read it to you, and I think it embodies some of what we're talking about this morning. It's Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere hearts, with a full assurance that brings faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. And the verse that jumps out at me in this, when it comes to common interest and shared interests, is let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised it is faithful. And he explains in that passage before is like, this is the reason why we gather, because of what Christ has done for us, because he's washed away our, our sins, because he's risen from the grave, because he's called us into his community. This is why we gather. This is our purpose. This is our shared interest. This is what brings us together. It's our hope. It's the reason why we meet. And for those who are curious, this is what brings you here. It's, wow, what is, what is going on? Why do people love this Jesus? What, what has he done for them? That's what brings you here to church to hear about these things. This is our common interest. But not only do we have a common interest, which is Jesus, we have common values. When we're part of a community, common values hold us together. And I think right now in the, the global church, this, this is key we're, we're, and I'm not talking this church, although there might sometimes happens here, but like I'm thinking more global churches, 
There's a lot of division happening, and we're forgetting our values of love and grace that draw us together and keep us into community. There's a lot of canceling happening. There's a lot of um, accusations being thrown. There's a lot of things that are happening in the Christian community that if I was an outsider, I would not want to step foot in a Christian community from what I see. Which for me, that spurs me on even more to wanting to develop and be a part of a community and help love others and be with others in a way that shows them what the true community needs to look like. And I want to read a text, uh, a passage this morning from 1 Corinthians that I think embodies that. And before I do, I want to give you a little background on this text. This text was written to the uh, church in Corinth by Paul. And there was a lot of division happening there. There was a lot of exclusion happening there. There was a lot of people looking down on others at this church, boasting of the gifts that God had given them, wanting more. And Paul breaks it down really quick (laughs) of what needs to be their value and what needs to be the center of their lives as a Christian community. He says this in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. It says, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. We read this verse the most, at least in my experience, at the beginning of a marriage as an example of what love should look like in a marriage. But the context for this passage was to the church. That this is the way that we should love each other. That we should be patient with each other and kind. That we shouldn't be self-seeking or easily angered. That this is a sign of maturity in Christ. And when we do this well, and we taste of this kind of community, it is good. I've been a part of communities, and I think our community here has that. And I think as we continue to share that, that it is good. <laughs> it's what brings us back. It what's, it's what uh, gives us life. Because so many communities in this world do not have this kind of love for each other. So many communities in our world are so quick to uh, kick you out and so quick to not give you grace and so quick to, not, uh, to just judge you. And that is not how God likes his community. And Paul puts it there for us. I think sometimes as Christians we can be really quick to dishonor and judge others and we can be pretty self-seeking in our desires of how we think things should go. I don't know about you, but I struggle with those things. <laughs> I have to check my heart quite often. So this is part of the love that God would have for his community. These are the values that hold us together. And just look, I see it in other churches. When these, this, these values aren't present, you see division. You see people leaving. You see churches failing. 
I'm also reminded that people will know that we are disciples by our love. It's our love that shows people, not just our mouth and our words, but our love, our actions that show people that we are Christ's disciples. But it's just not left there. I remember Jesus talking in Luke 6. He brings up what God's kingdom looks like or God's community. In contrast to the rest of the world, he says this. He says, but you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks of you. And anyone who takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. These are the values of our Christian community. And these are hard. These are costly. Oftentimes, I, I have to check my heart. And I remember... When I was in Michigan, one of my buddies, he was, I wasn't really close friends with him. He's a guy I knew from church. He knew I liked to camp. He also liked to camp, but he didn't have any equipment. And I had been living in Alaska prior to that for 10 years, so I had accrued like a, a lot of camping equipment, backpacking equipment. I had spent my hard-earned money, you know, saving for the nice, nice stuff so it would last. <laughs> and one day he goes, hey, Jeff, can I borrow, can I borrow a tent? I'm like, yeah, and a sleeping bag, uh-huh, and uh, a sleeping pad, uh-huh, and a backpack, and a stove, <laughs> and I'm like, my whole tub of camping equipment, okay, <laughs> and I didn't know this guy very well. He had just come to our church, and his family had been coming to our church. Um, I know he had been uh, experiencing homelessness for a while, and so all these things that I got concerned about, lending this guy my camping equipment, just rose up in my heart, right, and I'm like, should I lend him my stuff? I started pricing it out. You know, that's a couple grand worth of stuff. <laughs> that's a lot. And so I, I, I said, sure, which was not what I wanted to do. <laughs> I wanted to say, no, I don't think so. I'm sorry. Um, but I knew that God had been working on my heart with another passage that, yeah, <laughs> at that moment in time. And I'm like, God's giving me an, uh, a time to apply this. <laughs> So I said, sure, come on by. You can look through my tub and take whatever you need. And I was concerned he was going to bring it back damaged or not at all. And so he was gone for a little over a week, and I saw him at church. I was like, hey, how you doing? You know, he's like, oh, I got your stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whenever, you know, return it, that'd be great. <laughs> you know, and about a month goes by, and finally he drops by my apartment and he's like, here you go, Jeff, I got all your stuff. And I'm like, Phew. Check it, it's all good, it's all good. But that was a step of faith, and it's small, but I think that's part of the values that we need to learn to live into and recognize, too, that this love that God is calling to us to is costly. And it's not always costly monetarily like that would have been for me, but sometimes it's costly of our time or our talent. And sometimes, like I just gave the example of our treasure, that that's part of the community. That's part of the markers of a, a good Christian community as that we love each other well and we realize all that time, talent, treasures, even though God has given that to us, it's not for us to hold on to. It's meant to be given to us so that we can love others well, whether it's lending out stuff or maybe it's helping pay for something or maybe it's spending your time and taking care of somebody's kid or, 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 friend who need, is in need. All those things are things that God gives us so that we can give back to each other, 
and to those around us. Those are the values and the markers of a good Christian community. That is what God is calling us to. And it's a high standard. It's hard. But this is also a marker of good Christian community, is that there's grace. So when I screw up, or when you screw up, or when we fall, or we don't handle things like 1 Corinthians 13 says, and we're not so patient, and we're not so kind, and we're really self-seeking, <laughs> then we give each other grace. And we hang out with each other, and we say, hey, we help correct each other in a way that's, that preserves a relationship, in a way that uplifts that person and doesn't look down or judge, but realizing that we're all fallen and that we all struggle from time to time. That's a marker of good Christian community. And the last thing that um, the definition of community brings out for me was that there's a common goal or mission or what gives us purpose. See, we can get hung up on those first two, right? That we, we are drawn together by our relationship with Christ. And then we can have these values and have these common uh, attitudes and desires for one another. And then we can kind of get in this isolation mentality of like, this is, this is, I've tasted and I've seen it. It's good and this love and this community is awesome. And I, I don't want anybody else in it to mess it up. I don't want to invite anybody else because then me and my boys, we, we got to try to let somebody come in. We got to tell all our stories again. We have to, we got to do all this stuff and it's so uncomfortable and it's time consuming. And we forget about the sacrifice that God has given us. We forget that he's given us this gift of community and it's not just meant for us. It's meant to share. It's meant for, to invite others too. And so we need to remember our goal and mission. And that is what gives us purpose. And I'm reminded once again of Hebrews 10 in verse 24. It says, let us consider how we must, may spur one another toward love and good deeds. I always remember my youth pastor talking to me about this and spur. And he, I wasn't a cowboy by all means. <laughs> so I didn't even know what a spur was. I was like, what is it? And he's like, it's the thing that you hit the horse on to make it go. And I'm like, ouch. <laughs> that doesn't sound nice. <laughs> but we spur each other on. We encourage each other to do well. We encourage each other to love people. It was my wife who encouraged me to lend my camping stuff out to a guy in my church that I didn't know too well. <laughs> she encouraged me. She spurred me on to love someone. And not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day approaching. See, one of the greatest gifts we have outside of Jesus Christ is the opportunity to meet. And I would argue even in person is better than online. I love you people that are online, but there's something about being in community together in person that is just, I don't know what it is about it. It's, there's something deeper and richer. I, I've been a part of communities online. It's, they're good too. But we can't get out of the habit of doing that, out of being together, sharing and breaking bread together. That's part of our vision or part of our mission and part of our purpose to encourage each other and to meet. And then I'm reminded, of course, of the Great Commission in Matthew 28 when Jesus, it says, when Jesus came to them, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That this is our purpose, that Jesus didn't leave this earth before saying, hey, now you guys are bonded. Now that you guys have these values, this is your mission. This is your purpose. So this, this vision and mission totally breaks down that isolation mentality of hunkering down and just kind of sticking together. And we can't forget that. And so my challenge to you guys this morning is one, how are you living your life? Are you living your life in a way that uh, is an overflow of God's love, in a way that is, has you reaching out to others for community? Or are you kind of hunkered down? Are you uh, some simple application of, what about that new neighbor? We just got some new neighbors and, you know, they're different than us. <laughs> you know, it's just like, do I invite them over? <laughs> you know, and yeah, God's, God's calling me to get to know them and have them over sometime. And maybe for you, maybe it's inviting somebody, uh, maybe it's asking somebody to lunch this morning that you, you recognize here, but you don't really know at church. You're like, hey, I, I see you across over here. <laughs> I always sit over here and you always sit over there and we never hang out. We should, let's go to lunch today. That's a part of community. Maybe those are some of the simple steps you can make. Maybe it's bigger. Maybe it's uh, uh, deciding to fil- facilitate a discipleship group or get into community on fourth Tuesdays with Kurt and learn about coming to the Women's Connected in Faith event or uh, the Men's Breakfast, getting in to know some more people and getting into community. Those are some easy steps. And so I want to challenge you guys to do that this morning. As we celebrate baptism, as we celebrate people coming into God's kingdom, as we make pledges later that we are going to help raise kids and help disciple adults in this church as a community, that this is essential and a part of who we are as a church. So I want to challenge you to step out that and do it more and more in your life and allow God to refine you and use you in ways that you never thought were imaginable. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you. You are a good and gracious God. We thank you that you meet us where we're at. Whether we're struggling this morning or whether we're on fire for you, whether we're in relationship with you or we're not in a relationship with you, that you meet us where we're at. But you love us so much to take us from where we're at to a greater place. On a journey with you in our life that refines us, that helps shape us to love like you love. God, I pray that um, you would just, through your Holy Spirit's power this morning, encourage people and spur people on to love and good deeds in a way that reflects good community, that centers around you. Help us to give grace to those around us who need grace and correction, who need correction in a gentle way that is restorative and not punitive. God, we thank you that your grace covers us, and that's the way you love us. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.